What's up, everyone? Welcome into another week of Locked on Bucks. And a bit to get through on today's show. I've been watching the NBA Finals and I've just become even more certain about something that I think that this Bucks team needs moving forward into next season. They look to try and get back to the NBA Finals. There's been coaching changes. Darvin Ham spoke for the first time in LA. And does this mean that we're supposed to hope that the Lakers do well? And then, of course, Quinn Snyder. Uh, also parted ways with the Jazz, which brings up an interesting question as you look at this Bucks team. So we're going to get to all that and more. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Monday to Friday, even through the offseason, and also find my work over at ESPN. Uh, Riding solo today, a big week coming up on the show, though. Frank is going to be back. Uh, Camille and Justin are going to be together on a podcast. Uh, We're going to have the three of us here talking all things Bucks. I've got a crossover podcast with the Sacramento Kings. Let's talk a little bit of Dante DiVincenzo and then uh, answering more of your questions. So don't forget uh, to send your questions through. I've been uh, seeing a few of them there on YouTube and trying to get to them as we continue to roll through. And we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of each and every day. Now, I've been watching the NBA Finals and I think I said uh, before the series started, I thought Golden State would win this series. I thought they would win this series pretty comfortably. Actually, I would have picked them if, you know, if I really had to make a bold prediction, I would have said the Warriors in five. Now, when they lose game one, uh, it's not looking great. But I was watching this game, and it even counted for the first game. I mean, the Celtics obviously had a crazy fourth quarter, but just watching Golden State and the way the Celtics are trying to defend them, how do you put up points against this Boston defense that admittedly has played some drop coverage against the Warriors, which I don't totally understand, uh, but they switch as many as much as any team in the league. But when you've got guys that can create your own shots uh, like the Warriors do, and I know Clay Thompson hasn't necessarily shot the ball well to this point, but a guy that demands attention on the perimeter can get his shot up at any moment. Steph Curry, we know he's generational, but even guys like Jordan Poole that come off the bench, and even to a lesser extent, Andrew Wiggins might not be a, a deadly threat from the outside, but can can put the ball on the floor, is athletic, and can create a shot. And I just think it's so important in the postseason. So the easier answer is what do the Bucks need to get back to the NBA Finals next year? Uh, Steph Curry, an addition of Steph Curry, that would be lovely for this team. I think that would help. Uh, but uh, mostly it's just guys that can do stuff on the perimeter. So the Bucks are lucky that they have Giannis that, and I've said this, for all the talk, it, look, the Bucks might be in trouble now. Uh, is, is the window going to be closing? Whatever. I don't think it is. I still love their four best players on this team uh, with Giannis, Chris Drew, and Brooke Lopez. I think as long as they have those four guys, they're going to be in contention to go to the NBA Finals. But when you talk about guys that they need to add, and yes, potentially at the draft, I just keep coming back to guys that can handle the ball a little bit, can dribble the ball, 
can get their own shot and don't need to be spoon-fed for an open three to knock it down. We know that uh, the Bucks have had problems with their role players in the past where they haven't been able to knock down those shots from the perimeter, particularly in the postseason. And you ask why that happens in the playoffs. And I think that there's a number of reasons why. Uh, one, of course, is the mental side of things and pressure. And we can't really sit here and say uh, what impact that is having. Like, are, are the guys, I don't I don't like using the word choking, but that's what people will say. Are they folding under the pressure of the postseason? Maybe. But I would say that the most logical explanation is that uh, the defense is just better in the postseason. So when teams have time to focus on the on the opposition, the closeouts are harder. Again, you're talking about a Boston team that switches a lot. The Bucs didn't have a lot of guys that can create. So for all the talk of what the Bucs need, and yes, you would like to open up the opportunity to play Giannis at the five in the postseason, have versatile guys, and the wing is wing is certainly a problem for the Bucs, and they're going to have to add some veteran guys, and I think that they'll certainly look to do that. Again, I think bringing back Pat Connaughton is really important. But I just think the more that I look at this, the Bucs need a guard. They need guard, a guard that can shoot, a guard that can can bend the defense a little bit, uh, and a guy that you can put in pick and rolls with, with Giannis. Because I think the one thing that we learned watching this Boston series without Chris Middleton on the floor is the fact that as good as Drew Holiday is, and and he's a you know top twenty player in the league, top twenty five depending on how you feel about it, uh, he isn't in a postseason setting. He's not a guy that teams realistically very fearful of on the perimeter. And we've seen at times that uh, he can sort of fade in in and out of games in that sort of middle area as well and get into the rack. Uh, So guard upgrade is big. And we know that George Hill didn't have a great postseason. I know there's a lot of love for Javon Carter and that makes sense. But, and I hope Javon Carter comes back. I just think he's a really nice piece, a really solid piece for this roster. But ultimately, the more I look at it, with this draft and watching these other teams in the postseason, the Bucs are going to have to pick up a guard, I think. If they use the draft pick, um, I know there's a lot of you know, excitement, uh, potential ideas around different trades and those types of things. But to me, the more I look at it, I'm looking at a guard uh, with that pick 24, which brings me to an interesting point. We do have the ultimate mock draft show that is uh, coming up. And uh, I've, done, I've taken the honors of picking for the Bucs at pick 24. And my pick is in. Of course, I am not going to reveal uh, who I selected at pick 24. You may get some hints for the type of position I was looking at, but based on what I've said here over the last few minutes. But uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know how you guys feel about it. But, you know, I said it before, when I see suggestions of potentially the Bucks going big, it makes no sense to me. I think that would be a waste. Uh, I know people like to look to the future and say, okay, well, where's the Brook Lopez replacement? But for this season... Uh, I think that they need to to find some help at the guard position. And I think there is some some stories that we've seen in recent years where you can get guards that can score, guards that can create, and they're not going to be the perfect player. That's the one thing that I'll say from doing this mock draft is that when you pick at pick 24, I had like six or seven guys that I was interested in. They were all gone uh, by the time you get to pick 24, and it's just not an easy spot to select from. So uh, we'll see what the Bucks have uh, remaining. But for me, uh, as I've sort of, going backwards and forwards on what I would be doing with this selection if I was the Bucs. I'm coming back to a guard. And again, a guy that can free up this offense a little bit next postseason, of course. Chris Middleton would help with that. Uh, But I think uh, having a a 
a guard that can play both positions, play alongside Drew Holiday with Chris and, and Giannis and someone that can create a little bit is going to be of a higher priority. Uh, there was a coaching change. Quinn Snyder out at the Utah Jazz. What does this mean? I just think it's really fascinating. I'm going to get to that after I talk about prize picks. Uh, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, as you guys know, and uh, you will too. All you have to do is pick two to five players and then over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Price picks off as any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds and even steals. Uh, so in this uh, NBA Finals, uh, I'd be looking at uh, points. I'd be looking at Steph Curry. I'd be looking at three-point makes because uh, for all the talk of Steph not winning a Finals MVP, I think he's on the path to doing so in this series here. And for a limited time, Price Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all our users Users get 50 bucks free if a player on your first price fix entry scores a single point, but you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA for 50 bucks for free if a player on your first price fix entry scores a single point. That's price fix daily fantasy made easy. Uh, we've got an important favor to ask you uh, here at uh, Lockdown Bucks. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about the listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like uh, and maybe more importantly, what you don't like about Lockdown Podcast. Go to LockdownPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 100 buck Ticketmaster gift cards. So uh, to take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. Thank you very much uh, for your help. And uh, the Utah Jazz sent out a note just recently here thanking Quinn Sider very much for his help with the Utah Jazz franchise. And I don't think this was a great surprise that Quinn Snyder and the Jazz have gone their separate ways. I think this was on the cards uh, for a little while. There's no doubt about that. And I think the Jazz have been together for long enough with this core, when you think of Snyder and Gobert and Mitchell, that there was going to be changes. But I think it is interesting uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks because, uh, well, A, let's just talk about this point. Quinn Snyder, who knows what he's going to do. I believe he just had a hip replacement, actually, which is a pretty serious injury for a young fella like himself. But the Bucks might actually uh, have an assistant role or the assistant chair free or they are going to with Darvin Ham and uh, who knows if Charles Lee is going to be involved in this uh, coaching pursuit with the Utah Jazz we spoke about Charles Lee uh, a significant amount the fact that uh, he's been involved in the process uh, for head coaching roles along with Darvin Ham so if Charles Lee finds himself in the running for this Utah job then does that mean that Quinn maybe comes over and uh, with uh, an old buddy in in Mike Budenholzer. Who knows? It's just something to think about there. But I think perhaps more interestingly for the Bucks is what happens to Donovan Mitchell now and potentially to a lesser extent Rudy Gobert, who, you know, both of these guys, uh, the Bucks haven't had to deal with too frequently with the fact that they're out in the Western Conference. So 
I think the obvious threat is Miami, who is always lingering. And when we've spoke about teams that have weapons that could cause the Bucks some significant problems moving forward in the in the future, I think we looked at, and certainly I did, and I think I discussed it with Justin Garcia, but we we looked at a team like Miami and I said, well, okay, I know that Miami just made the conference finals. And I know in the bubble they made the NBA finals. But I've just never believed that if your best player is Jimmy Butler, that you have a significant chance at winning an NBA championship. Now, they've been very close a couple of times. And Jimmy's had some absolutely ridiculous postseason games. There's no doubt about that. He's also had some stinkers. And he had a stinking series against the Bucks. We all remember that. And he's getting older and he's played a shit ton of minutes. There's a lot of wear and tear on that body. He needs to go to rockauto.com and get some new parts. But along with Kyle Lowry, who's old, along with PJ Tucker, who's old and only played 17 minutes in the final game of that series against Boston, Bam is a good player, an all-star level player, but to this point hasn't made the progression offensively. And then you have someone like Tyler Hero, who I just think is is just going to be a spark plug scorer for his career. And I might be wrong. He's super young, so maybe he does have another couple of levels that he could go to. But we saw that there was issues with him being on the floor in the conference finals as well from a defensive perspective. So Miami always struck me as being a really good team, certainly a really, really good and difficult regular season team. But they needed to add something to put them over the top. And if they can pull off a trade, which, you know, I don't know whether Utah would buy this, but if they could pull off a trade where all Miami has to do is give whatever picks they got, a couple of role players and Tyler Hero and pick up Donovan Mitchell, then that's pretty significant. That's significant for a team that, to me, just did not have enough offense on the floor when you consider, as I mentioned, Tyler Hero being played off uh, and also Duncan Robertson, who they paid, and then he's been awful. Maybe they could ship out Duncan Robertson as well. So I just think it's a watch for the Bucs what Miami do here because I do think that even though they made the conference finals, Miami needed to make a move. And Donovan Mitchell, to me, is a player that, uh, you know, for for a lot most part of his career, he's probably been overrated. But also I think that he's been put in a difficult position where to this point, and maybe things will change over the next few years, but Donovan Mitchell strikes me as the perfect, you know, number two option. And then if you have Mitchell and Butler and the other guys we're talking about, then I think that you're looking at a significantly more potent team, uh, particularly when it comes to the playoffs. And we've seen what Donovan Mitchell can do from an offensive performance in the postseason. His defense has absolutely fallen off a cliff. He, he at times looked like he wasn't even trying. It's just a turnstile defensively. So uh, maybe Miami changes that. They have got a history of doing so. So, it's a watch there. I do think for the Bucs, the best case scenario would be that Donovan Mitchell stays in Utah. And then the secondary part of this is Rudy Gobert because I think with Rudy, it's interesting to look at his salary. And this is a guy that's making 35 to $40 million. And I was just thinking about it today. I was walking around. It's awful weather here in Melbourne. It's just sunny one second. It's pouring rain the next. It's cold. But I was walking around with a coffee and I was thinking about Brooke Lopez and 
how much over the last few weeks here on the podcast I've gone on and on about how undervalued Brook Lopez is. What a fine player he's been. I still think he has plenty left in the tank. And I'm looking at Brook Lopez getting paid $13 million. And I'm looking at Rudy Gobert getting paid $40 million. Now, they're, again, they're asked to play very, very different roles. And if Rudy Gobert is on the Bucks instead of Brook Lopez, you know, we'll see. I don't know what that does to your offense. The fact that Rudy Gobert can't shoot. He's, he's very, very, very limited offensively. But for $26 million, you would have to imagine that a lot of NBA teams out there would prefer Brook Lopez than Rudy Gobert. Is that, I, I don't know if that's ridiculous. Just when you, when you take everything into account, what Brook Lopez can do offensively, how limited Rudy is on that end of the floor, and clearly Rudy is an unbelievable defensive player and he had zero help on the perimeter. So he was put in a really difficult position. But I just think it's really interesting when you look at someone like Gobert, even if the Jazz wanted to move him, how many teams out there in 2022 are looking at Rudy Gobert and saying, yep, that's the guy that I want to trade for, a guy that's paid max money, gives you nothing offensively, can throw down a dunk, obviously. I don't know. I, I just think it's really interesting in a generation where everyone shoots and everyone scores and everyone can space the floor. It's fascinating to see what a max player like Rudy Gobert would attract on the market and if there would be a lot of interest there for him. So maybe I've gone over the top with that Brook Lopez-Rudy Gobert comparison, but I just think it's it's fascinating. And I don't know what the Utah Jazz are going to do. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is apparently unsettled, unnerved by this move with Quinn Snyder. But a couple of things to think about. Uh, Quinn Snyder to the Bucks as an assistant coach. No reporting here. It's just uh, me throwing names out there. The Bucks will have an opening. And I, and I think, in general, Quinn Snyder has been a coach that has, uh, you know, for the most part, been fairly well-respected as a in-game manager, as an X's and O's guy. I think the Jazz, for the most part, over the last few years, have ran a pretty beautiful offense. You think about all the open threes they were able to generate. The ball is pinging around. So... Uh, obviously, it's different when you have a guy like Giannis on the floor, but uh, who knows? Quinn Snyder could be interesting. Uh, and then two, where does Donovan Mitchell go? And three, just what is the value of Rudy Gobert? So I think it's really fascinating to see how all this plays out. And while you're thinking about it at home and you're thinking about all those options, you may as well have a built bar in your hand. Uh, we're talking about the caramel brownie built bar this week. Don't you love a chewy, chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with a caramel swirled on top that sounds so good. And what if I told you that you can have all the chewy, chocolatey goodness plus 17 grams of protein? You're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at built.com right now. And you got to act fast because they are a fan favorite. There's no doubt about that. Just forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace the regular brownie with Built's caramel brownie bar in a heartbeat. And the best part, caramel brownie bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, with Built, you don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy. You can have both. And all of Built's bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. There are a million reasons why you should try Built bars. But for now, let's just say that caramel brownie will rock your world. That is not an understatement. With Built, tasty is the new healthy. Go to Built.com 
and get your box of caramel brownie but brownie bars now go to built.com use the promo code lock 15 and get 15 percent off your order use promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at built.com so we've spoke about darvin ham to the lakers and i did a crossover pod with the boys from Locked On Lakers, which you can check out if you missed that podcast as a week or two ago. You'll be able to find it there in your podcast feed, whether it's YouTube or the audio podcast. But Darvin Ham had his introductory press conference with the Lakers today. And I was watching, and we've said this before, I think everyone in Bucksland loves Darvin Ham. He's a very, very, very easy guy to like and a very, very easy guy to support. When you hear him talk, uh, we all know how popular he was here in Milwaukee. But he has gone. He has gone to the enemy. He has gone to a villainous team in NBA fandom, the Los Angeles Lakers. So my question is, do we now have to hope that the Lakers do well? I don't know. But I don't think if I look at it, and it would take a remarkable turnaround for the Los Angeles Lakers to make the NBA finals next year, just when you think LeBron's 38, Russell Westbrook is Russell Westbrook. Anthony Davis, is he actually ever going to stay healthy? Is he going to uh, play through some stuff? Who knows? There hasn't been a coach that's been able to get him to do it so far. But I have got faith in Darvin Ham. And Darvin was even talking about Russell Westbrook today. And he had me sitting there thinking, I think I think Darvin can get Russ going next year. I think he can figure this out. And Darvin came in and said, we are playing defense. And, we're, and this was the most obvious thing. He's come from Mike Budenholzer's system. They're going to play defense. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but it's just going to be really fascinating. I think everyone looks at the Lakers now as a situation and a team that just will not be able to figure this out. They're toast. But I don't know. Maybe our guy Darwin can do something with the Los Angeles Lakers and they can be a competitive team next year. Uh, who knows? It would be a shame, I think, you know, if LeBron's last few years in the league are just disastrous. I mean, whoever you feel about him, he's a great at the game and... I don't know. I'm just torn because naturally I I do get some entertainment value and some enjoyment from the Lakers losing a bunch of games. But uh, now with Darwin there, I want the best for Darwin. I want the Lakers to kind of win, which is just a, a very complicating situation to find myself in. So how do you guys feel? Are you wanting the Lakers to do well next season for Darwin Ham? And he's long awaited first uh, coaching appearance. Uh, you can let me know and you can let me know about all the things we've talked about on today's show as well. And as I mentioned, we've got some cool stuff coming up. Camille and Justin tomorrow on the podcast together. Send us in questions, whether it's on YouTube, Twitter, at Kane Pittman. You can get me. Send us in questions. And by the way, I did get a question from a listener last week and said, did you hear about this LeBron to the Bucks rumors? What do you think about that? Um, I think it was just a fake trade. But the problem with this fake trade is I don't think it was even legal with some of the picks they were saying that the Bucks should trade away. So, um, yeah, uh, let's just say I'm not buying into the uh, LeBron to the Lakers, uh, LeBron to the Bucks uh, rumors there. But you can send in questions, even if they're ones like that, that are easy to answer, or there's uh, something a bit more detailed. You can do that. Camille and Justin and myself will hit them tomorrow. Uh, if you've got any questions about Dante DiVincenzo and the Sacramento Kings, send them in as well. Matt George will be with me also tomorrow for a crossover podcast. And then Frank's back. Uh, so any financial-related questions, any potential uh, rules, CBA stuff, send them through. Uh, and Frank is obviously the man for that. So it's going to be a busy week this week. And uh, Melanie Ricks also is coming on the podcast. I should have mentioned that earlier as well. So we've got plenty going on this week. 
There's no doubt about that. Appreciate you listening on this solo pod today. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. Take care until then.